In a world of uncertainty, one thing's for sure. Cancer doesn't stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society will host a trailblazing event, Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by AbbVie. To support their investment in groundbreaking research to advanced blood cancer cures and its first-in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or... 1,762 steps inside or outside on stairs on the road or your treadmill climb your way join us for an opening ceremony then take on your climb with our heart pumping playlist join us on june 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb conquer cure register at lls.org slash big climb Welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Monday, June 1st. I'm J.E. Skeets, and joining us here on the phone, we got Tass Mellis. Hey, guys. Hey, Tassie. we got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey-yo. 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 The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Hmm. And last mm. but not least, making the magic happen is J.D. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Thanks for listening on a Monday morning here. Before we get to discussing last week's NBA Board of Governors meeting and which plan is growing momentum to restart the season and who's going to coach the Knicks and whether or not we like lemon cake, um, I just wanted to make it very clear that all of this, all of what we're about to talk about, pales in comparison to the importance of what is actually happening right here in the United States right now. You don't need me to tell you that it's all kinds of f***ed up right now, and I think it's important to repeat what sparked all this. Because as crazy as it sounds, I don't know if you guys agree, I feel like people have lost the message. Because a weekend of watching protests on Instagram and people smashing windows and lighting cop cars on fire on Facebook and police being, you know, police shooting and arresting the media on Twitter, I think that can make you lose sort of sight of the message here because the fog of media is real. So let's repeat it. Last Monday, George Floyd, a 46-year-old black man and resident of Minneapolis, was killed by a police officer. I'm sure you've seen the video. The officer kept a knee pinned on George's neck, even as he was pleading, I can't breathe. All while other officers at the scene did nothing to intervene. So, sadly, this is nothing new. Police killings have trended upward in recent years, and black men are more likely to be killed. That's just a fact. Police brutality, in my opinion and a lot of people's opinion, of course, is out of control. And it is this reality that people are protesting, okay? That's obviously not enough, though, and none of us can remain silent on this, especially us white guys. We need to show our support. We need to educate ourselves. We need to donate. We need to volunteer, and we need to vote. And I want to add this because I'm guessing some of you listening to this right now are uncomfortable, and you don't want to hear it. I know this because every time we discuss something real, and raw and gasp political we get the stick to sports emails or tweets and people scolding us and threatening that they're done with the show or they never want to listen or watch us again we get that all the time and we don't care if that's how you feel then we don't want you on our team all right for 15 years we have never i don't think tried to hide who we are as people to you the listener yeah we talk ball yeah we make way too many poop jokes for adults We generally try to have a good time, but we also share our life experiences on this pod. 
our highs, our lows, our passions, our personal opinions about systemic racism, gender inequality, politics, and so on. And I think, and I, and I think a lot of the guys here with me truly believe, in my heart, that's the reason why our show has lasted this long and why it resonates with so many of you listeners out there. And people of all color, I might add, is because we're never trying to be something we ain't. I mean, I, I always say this to people, the only fake thing about our show is my dumbass nickname, okay? <laughs> so you have my word. We're always gonna try and keep it real with you. We're fed up, we're angry, we're scared, like I'm sure a lot of you listening today, but this has to change and we gotta play our part. So I'll shut up now and I will like open the pod floor here to any of you guys that wanna talk about this matter and what's unfolded here in Atlanta and across the country this past week. But I'll end with this. I know I speak for everybody here at No Dunks that we're committed to being part of the solution, you know, as opposed to perpetuating the problem with any sort of silence. So sorry for the rant, but it's obviously been a crazy, insane week slash weekend here in the U.S. and in Atlanta where we live. And uh, yeah, it's wild. Yeah, I'll just uh, jump in and say um, it's very, very, very important to keep in perspective why people are out on the streets. Because George Floyd died last Monday and we did several podcasts where, yeah, we talked about it very briefly, but we're only really talking about it because black people mainly raise their voice. And so we're a part of the problem. Everybody's a part of the problem. And really what we, what it comes down to at its core is that police are killing black men and women. And so, yes, there's people who are looting and a lot of discussion about where that's coming from, whether it's right-wing activists that are taking advantage of this opportunity to make people on the left and black people look bad. Regardless of that, you, you, we have to look past that because it's being sensationalized all over the world. Everywhere is looking at America and is looking at specifically those the looting and the rioting and the vandalism. But what's not getting attention is there are far more, far more peaceful protests and it's easy to just point and say, well, but the looting, looting is going to happen when black people are dying and black people are only, this is only being discussed because it was being videotaped in both instances where George, George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery, only those situations did they come to light because it was being filmed. So there's a heck of a lot happening in the dark and this mm -hmm. bringing this to light and us having a discussion about it. I, I just... I just sincerely hope that this isn't just a discussion because it it, it it happened over the weekend, and I'm guilty of it too. But uh, I mean, the protests happened happened over the weekend. It has to it has to be a, a real a real systemic change. I mean, that's that's what it really comes down to, and uh, the police brutality that happened over the weekend, and 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 rubber bullets being shot in people's eyes, white people's eyes, and people losing their sight and and the old uh, white power symbol being being flashed by New York police, uh, one specific person. It's it, it all can just it, it all the fog the media as you put it skeets is really really uh, is is apparent, it, especially on social media where there's you know the sensational stuff gets pushed to the forefront. But what's really happening is that people get murdered, and in the Ahmad Arbery case, those two men who hunted Arbery down like he was some sort of animal. 
uh, and the the, uh, the dehumanization of black people is what really is happening. And so when Stephen Jackson steps up for his friend in Minneapolis and Carl Anthony Towns and Josh Koji and Jamie Foxx was there to, to show their support, it takes it takes stuff like that for people for people like us for us white folk to to really uh, to to talk about it and perk up and and yeah we can't stop talking about it until really there's systemic change and this is this is this is racism in 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 the U S this is a very 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 complicated issue that goes back centuries so it's 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 yeah we can just sort of uh, you know step up to the plate and say hey we gotta we gotta do this but it, it it doesn't it doesn't change with words it changes with policy change and a lot of people voicing their concerns and it starts uh, with white people we need to be a part of the solution and not the problem yeah that's exactly right um Skeets, you mentioned it, that it can be an uncomfortable conversation because I think there can be a paralysis of not knowing the right thing to say or the right way to say it, but backing out of the conversation because you don't know the right way to say it is worse than saying... Saying nothing is worse than saying the wrong thing um, and saying it in the wrong way and maybe not in an eloquent way. Uh, Masai Ujiri pointed out, your voice matters, especially when you are a leader or influential figure and especially if you are white. Leaders have to be bold enough to state the obvious and call out racism. It's racist that black men are being murdered by the police since the founding of this country. Um, for us, uh, you know, I just sat at home this weekend and was angry and sad all weekend and did my best to listen and to learn and to figure out how I can help and how I can be an advocate and an ally and how I can be virulently anti-racist and you know just shout it down wherever it is it's a hard conversation to have with your kids um but you got to do it even if they're you know i got young kids but i don't want them i want them to know that there are people who look like us who treat black people the wrong way and that they cannot be like that and that they need to stop it from happening as well because it has happened for generations upon generations upon generations and it's just becoming more and more apparent now because everybody has a video camera. Um, the police is militarized to a point that makes absolutely no sense. Um, they ramp things up when they show up and people are pre peacefully protesting. Then you see a police tank roll up. There's no way that helps. There are so many problems here in America and talking about them is the first step but action is even more important we definitely got to vote uh if you are comfortable protesting you should be protesting if you're able to donate you can donate to bail funds you can donate to the aclu there are places where your time and your money can be very important yeah i would just add to that with what trey said uh some of us who live here and work here and have lived here for several years still aren't eligible to vote uh, and that's fine. That's the law of the country. But for those of you who are citizens and are, are able to vote, I would implore all of you to go out and make your voice heard at the ballot box because change won't happen until there is real change uh, at the top and the government. That's certainly not happening right now when you have uh, a president who inflames these situations. Um, and the only real change is going to come when people are in power who can actually make change happen and yes it was a very 
very uncomfortable weekend uh, talking to my two boys about what was going on and why we had to basically stay home and, and I tried to not show them too much for what was going on um, because it's, it's pretty scary when it's happening uh, just up the road from, from where we live here and you know America has uh, as Trey mentioned a, a lot of problems and one of them and the most significant one that I think really needs to change is police being held accountable for murdering people because this is this is what happens is uh, outrage will happen over the George Floyd murder I from what I've seen in the past he will get some sort of punishment maybe but not a significant punishment not a deterrent this the the police officer had a long criminal record basically of of uh, of treating people and civilians badly and he should not have been a police officer and he the the way that he uh, kneeled on George Floyd's neck showed me that he knew he wasn't going to get in trouble for that now I know he's been charged with third degree murder but if he serves any significant time I'll be shocked and that's really what the problem is here that Police officers have to know that if they're going to treat people like that and murder people, they're going to be held accountable and jailed and serve time. And that has to start again from the top, from leadership where laws have to change. So I hope, again, everybody who is eligible to vote in this country will go out and do so and make their voice heard and their vote count, because that's the only way things are going to significantly change at the start. And uh, I, I, I just hope that people hear this message and they don't get lazy come voting time they get out there and do what they can and i implore you to go and read i mean trey you, you slipped it in there go and read what raptors president masai ujiri wrote about the death of george floyd go and read about you know kareem abdul jabbar's stirring op-ed in the la times go and read what monty williams has written for the athletic he is angry he's afraid he's in pain like a lot of people in america right now you watch videos of Lonnie Walker cleaning up after protests and, you know, Georgia natives, Jalen Brown, driving 15 hours to get down here to Georgia and Malcolm Brogdon helping to be some leaders, um, you know, protesting this police brutality. Dennis Smith Jr., Tobias Harris, and his canter. It goes on and on and on. Watch these videos and read these people. And I would, here at The Athletic, I mean, I know a lot of us have tweeted it out here on No Dunks. Go and listen to, to the Hoops Adjacent podcast with Hall of Famer David Aldridge and Big Waz and Marcus Thompson, hear those three black men talk about their experiences of what's happened in the last week and in their life. Do it. I mean, at the very least, do that. And then try and do a whole lot more, like the guys have said. Um, because this country is broken politically, economically, and the criminal system is a mess because it does it, it dehumanizes black people. So we got to do better. And, uh, and J.D., I don't know if you have anything else to add, but it's uh it's scary and we need to have the like trey said the uncomfortable conversation about it i would echo what all you guys have said um definitely some very difficult conversations i had with my kids i'm ashamed to say my first instinct was to run away like everybody in the car we're moving back to canada not that there isn't racism and problems there but at least i can vote there you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um so yeah, the the solution. Uh, Killer Mike had a great talk over the weekend on Friday. He was he he so eloquently put it. You got to plot, plan, strategize, organize, and mobilize. Mm-hmm. We have to vote out all of these fucking racists at every level of government. It's not just the doofus at the top. It's everybody. Know who your local people are. Find out who are the problem and get rid of them. And I would also add to that, fill out your census, because this last census was 2010. 
the demographics have changed. We need to fill out the census, everybody, so we have an accurate representation of who is actually in this country and then create police services that reflect that population because that's what that's what's going that is what's going to happen. I used to think that time was going to heal this that uh you know racism is an old guy thing. That's going they're all going to die and that's all going to go away. Well this fucking idiot was is younger than me, Derek Chavon. And uh, this is not going away. Like we have to change the culture. So that's uh, that's all I would say. 100%. And everyone out there listening, of course, stay safe. Um, on top of this, if you are uh, capable to get out there and protest. All right, it's time for the up-down report. People with flexible thumb are socially active and adaptable and are always open to new thoughts and ideas. But I feel you have thumbs. It's the up-down report. <laughs> okay, first one. The NBA is planning a Thursday vote uh, with the league's board of governors. And the owners are expected to approve Commissioner Adam Silver's recommendation on a format to restart the season in Orlando. Word is there's growing support for a plan to bring 22 teams to Disney in July. This format, again, these are reports, would likely include regular season and play-in games to compete for playoff berths in both conferences. So, up or down, on the reported plans of a 22-team restart. Tass, what do you think? Generally, I'm up. 22 teams, yeah, short regular season play-in tournament and then playoffs, which, you know, we don't know the exact details. Sounds like it's going to be four regular rounds, but I like the regular season idea because it, it just allows players to get in shape, not because it's great to have regular season games on the docket. I don't think there's going to be much change in the playoff pictures, teams jockeying or teams even getting in. Uh, that are outside the playoffs. I don't think it really matters for that. I just think it's good to have regular season games without calling them scrimmages to get players in their best shape uh, right before the postseason where we can see the best basketball because there's regular season games. And the play-in tournament, good for teams that want to get in. The Wizards don't need to be there. I would choose 20 teams, cut the Wizards, cut the Suns, sorry. Uh, But, uh, you know, in in general, I like the idea of teams still getting an option or still getting the the possibility, even if they don't get in during the quote-unquote regular season, they have this play-in tournament option. And look, I would like to see the group stage change or uh, possibility or or, um, format, I should say, here when we have this opportunity. but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. But it seems like as a package, this combined with the fact that it seems like even families won't be allowed to join the players when they come, they're going to have to arrive at a later date. According to reports, I think is really smart to minimize the amount of people being in Orlando for the longest period of time, combined with the fact that Disney's probably going to be open. So all in all, I think this is a good way to make everybody happy. But the Wizards stay home. Yeah, the 22 teams seems just just looking at it seems so arbitrary, especially considering we had heard the proposal uh, about the 20 team group stage. And it's like, okay, so I guess the Wizards and the Suns were just complaining that they didn't get invited. I guess we'll have them come now. So I don't know. 22 teams just sounds like we're adding more and more people to this bubble where there's still going to be. Uh, COVID concerns, and we're still worrying about the health and safety of all the players there. There's no reason for those couple of teams to be invited as well. But, you know, it, it sometimes with uh, uh, the NBA restarting, it feels like we're getting a new plan, which is quote-unquote gaining steam every single day, which to me 
sort of leads me down the path of thinking that when it's all said and done, we're going to play 1 through 16 on normal East and Western Conference playoffs because it just things are going to be too hard to settle on. I guess they'll take this vote. They'll have a few different proposals, and they'll go which with, with whichever one has the most support because Adam Silver seems to be a bit of a consensus builder. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, group stage makes the most sense. 22 teams just sounds gimmicky. So I, I don't know. I assume we'll get the basics when all is said and done. It sounds to me like it's a way to just try to get Zion there too, to be honest, um, you know, to keep him, get him playing. And, you know, he's a draw and people wanted to see him. But I'm down on it too because I think less is more in this situation. And I think you want to just get straight to the playoffs and start start playing for it because, again, we don't know how this is going to be affected by, you know, this virus. And if someone contracts it, how that if, if this will even continue or if it will end, if, if, uh, if that goes through a team and, and knocks knocks. Uh, players out so um, I would just uh, again there's no right solution here there's nothing no format that's going to work perfectly and everyone's going to agree to and think is great so if I was Adam Silver in the NBA I would just head straight to the playoffs and uh, and try to get things started as quickly as possible into that format because um, it's going to be two you know the playoffs goes for two months anyway so it's going to be all of August and September. Um, I, I think you probably want to make it a little bit shorter than that, and you can do that by starting the playoffs. And then, and then again, in that first round, if it's the sort of traditional format we have, I would just make that first round best of five to try to get through the games as quick as possible to get to the finals a little bit quicker than you normally would. My guess is that Silver and the league don't want to go just to the playoffs for a couple of reasons, though, Lee. And uh, the, the first being... You know, we're going to have to have sort of these scrimmage games anyway. So if we can make them regular season games, then it's a win-win. Because we also, a lot of these teams do have to hit this, uh, you know, this number of games played on the regional sports network. So they don't have to basically give, you know, millions upon millions of dollars back. uh, And so they can keep that revenue. And then the other part is... You know, we've we've had a lot of debates about, well, the first round of the playoffs suck anyway. There's a bunch of sweeps and there's some five-game series no one cares about. And yeah, maybe there's one or two good ones. And I wonder in returning um, to to, to restart play where all eyeballs or a lot of eyeballs are going to be like Jones inferred the NBA action to be back. It's like, well, we don't want to start with maybe these lackluster matchups. And it's like, well, okay, maybe we'll have some sort of exciting... um, you know, playoff races or these play-in games, tournaments or whatever it is, like build that excitement. I think those are sort of the three reasons why we're going to ultimately um, come to this this plan. I think this is going to happen, be it 20 or 22 teams with these sort of regular season and then a fun little play-in and then the normal playoffs, East and West. That, that's mm. my that's my reasoning. Um, at this point, I'm up. I'm just up on any reported plan now because uh, let's just let's just do it. Let's just uh, hopefully get to playing basketball um, in the future. Because in related news, uh, the NBA is targeting July 31st as the date for the 2019-20 season to resume, according to the Athletics. Sham Sharanya Silver informed the NBA Board of Governors of that target date. This obviously still could change, but up or down. On the chances of this season restarting on July 31st, JD, let's start with you. You think this is going to happen? Are you you uh, too late, too early? What do you think? <laughs> I'm I'm not holding my breath. I think really? I'm down. Yeah, uh, especially after this weekend uh, with all the protests and uh, not a lot of social distancing happening. True. 739 new cases in Florida reported yesterday, so the numbers aren't going down. And I am. 
I'm unsure of how they're going to maintain this quote-unquote bubble for three months or however long this season and playoffs last. Uh, never mind the teams themselves, their staffs, and they're talking about their families as well. But the media staff, the hotel staff, the maids, the food service workers, the janitors, it really only takes one case to slip through. And I, that's just a colossal waste of money if they have to shut everything down again. So if I'm sitting on that board, I'm like... Uh, is do we want to take the risk of this? It just seems very early, and it seems like it's going to happen right when this second wave is going to be happening. But I don't know. But I'm not filled with confidence, I guess. I definitely don't think we're going to hear for sure for still a little bit. You know, I think we did a podcast on May 12th where Adam Silver had said he would be making the decision on when the league is coming back. If it's coming back, it'll take two to four weeks. We're now at the week three mark. A lot can happen in one week, and we're not really going to know until then. Like J.D. was saying, you know, all 50 states at this point are open in some way, shape, or form. There hasn't been a ton of social distancing. Um, all those brave people at the protest, uh, you know, they are they're still at risk for being exposed to coronavirus, despite the fact that so many of the protesters were were wearing masks yeah. and doing what they could to protect their stuff. There's still a chance of infection out there. Um, so you would have to imagine that there will be a second wave at some point. If it comes before the league is ready to make a decision, obviously that's going to influence the start date. And if it comes afterwards, maybe they make the announcement, yeah, we're coming back July 31st. But then we find out that the second wave has hit, uh, you know, in the beginning, the third week of June, then they perhaps have to call it all off again. I just think, you know, Seven days is a long time when you're dealing with a virus that people still don't know a whole bunch about. Hey, just to be clear, I'm not blaming the protesters for a second wave. Oh, no, I no, think no. there's a second wave coming regardless, but, you know. It's oh, just, yeah, exactly. It, exactly. It's right. Just I just think helping. that, um, you know, I, I just there's a lot of exposure that yeah. is happening all around the country. And, you know, for me, I would have loved to have been able to attend the protests here in Atlanta, but uh I was I stayed home to keep my children safe, and that's a luxury I have as a white person, that keeping my kids safe means they don't get sick. That's not something that happens um, for black people. They have seen their children murdered for playing with a squirt gun or for carrying a bag of Skittles. Um, so uh, I think it's incredibly brave that yep. they're out there Agreed. protesting. Tass, what do you think? July 31st, uh, you know, the up or down being you think that's believable and you think it happens? Well, yeah, I think it's uh, likely to happen. It's uh, definitely a fluid situation uh, and no idea when the announcement will come. And yes, this whole last week definitely changed everything and maybe the, the, the timeline gets pushed back rather than we're expecting to hear Thursday, Friday this week, June 4th, 5th. It's likely to get pushed back uh, and to see where we are as a, as, as a league in terms of testing, in terms of, uh, yeah, the, the coronavirus outbreak and, and the second wave. But the league, I think, feels that like they have enough tests uh, mm-hmm. for a, a daily testing, uh, keeping families away. Seems like it's part of the plan uh, for at least a, an extended period of time. And then... Um, the fact that, yeah, there's more cases in, in Florida, but Orange County, where Orlando is, has been fairly safe and it has been sort of away from uh, the majority of the cases, which are in, down in Miami. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we can talk about it to a blue in the face, but I, I hope I hope the NBA just 
weights uh, as long as possible uh, before making this decision. And definitely this this past week changed things because it's as much as we again people saw the protests in Atlanta that were you know that were, were going on and were some looting was involved. There were protests in every major city in the U.S., not just in the U.S., uh, but internationally, people protesting for black people to be safe, which is which is bonkers when it comes out of, it comes out of my mouth. Um, but it's uh, it, it was all over the U.S. and and many 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 were peaceful, and so it's it's something that they have to the league has to monitor, and, and yeah, the cases don't pop up for. For weeks, so that second wave, as inevitable as it was going to come, as, as JD said, it was it was going to happen. But maybe it happens faster, and maybe the league just has to wait uh, before making a decision. The the further and further they push back the the start date, the resuming start date, in my opinion, means the more and more they have to then just cut off, right, mm-hmm. and get rid of regular season games, playing tournaments, like because at some point you're going to get so far into the calendar year here that you do have to think about next season the potential of starting next season and there has to be a window of some sort of an off season for drafts and for you know you know well summer league ain't happening but like for for these other things to happen free agency to then go into the next year so yeah i'm with you guys like look you're not going to start in july you're not going to lock in july 31st uh, if it's if it's not safe by any means but um if they're hell-bent on having these regular season games and hitting these quotas that they want to hit for these television sports networks then man the more you go into uh, the, the more weeks you keep pushing it in, you're gonna have to just lose some of that, and then maybe that's fine. And and, and it sounds like we a lot of us are like, that's cool, just go to the playoffs. But uh, I I'm sort of um, I guess I'm oddly confident that a, a July 31st, which is still freaking two months away from what, uh, what us talking <laughs> right now, um, will sort of be what they're gonna circle on the calendar when we find out later this week. Lee, anything to add to that? Yeah, not really. I mean, the, the optimism in me is like, yes, I hope to because we all want to get basketball back. But the pessimist in me is sort of like, I just don't think two months is long enough, really, because, again, we're still coming to grips with this virus. And, uh, uh, you know, the worst thing that could happen is is uh, we, we get back and then, you know, tragedy strikes and uh, and people start contracting this virus and, and potentially people die from it. And, um, and again, it's just so much unknown about it, but it's uh, it's so easily transmittable that um, if, if anyone can tracks it then it could just shut down the this the, you know remaining schedule whatever it is they're trying to do here so uh uh it's a it's a tough decision that the league has to make but if they can at least plan everything to get it all ready to go then i can see them sort of pulling something off um and and having us play see watch some basketball again but uh it seems two months is a long way away and then to have two months of uninterrupted basketball just seems uh seems like that'd be a tough stretch right now as well mm-hmm all right, next one. According to Stefan Bondi of the New York Daily News, Tom Thibodeau is reportedly the heavy favorite to become the next head coach of the New York Knicks. Tibbs is so confident of receiving the job that he is making calls to assemble a coaching staff. Uh, you up or down on Tibbs as the next New York Knicks head coach, Tass? Sure seems like it. Right, I would definitely go up. The guy is assembling uh, his coaching staff. I, I think just from... Uh philosophical standpoint like what are the Knicks looking for in a head coach they had David Fisdale a young up-and-coming type of coach and now it makes sense I I think philosophically just the way Tibbs coaches to have a disciplinarian in there it's it's a 
something that everybody looks at the Knicks and says, well, they need a culture. They needed a locker room. And, and they thought Fisdale could potentially do it. It didn't work out for him. He was obviously let go too early. Uh, but Tibbs is, is, is sort of the opposite. So I can definitely see him as their choice. I think it's actually would. I'm I'm pro Tom Thibodeau. You guys know it. I think it would be a good hire for the Knicks because the team would improve. Uh, the Knicks have been over 500 four times in the 2000s, and they haven't done it since 2013. Meanwhile, Tom Thibodeau has been the winningest coach of the decade for two different franchises. All the guy wants to do is coach, and all he wants to do is win. I don't think uh, he's going to be beefing with the front office. Um just because it seems like all he wants to do is study film and then yell at his players to play 48 straight minutes. You know, it likely ends badly with Tom Thibodeau. Uh, You know, the players eventually will chafe at the way he has treated them and the way he pushes them, that kind of thing. But I do think that he can turn them from the dregs of the NBA to at least perhaps a mid-card team. They could at least start their ascension uh, to to becoming a respectable franchise again. Could make them into a top 22 team. That's, That's exactly right. They could get yeah. the invite to the bubble. <laughs> That's yeah. right. That's right. I, 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 I'm not a big fan of Tibbs for the way the things ended for him in both Chicago and Minnesota. I mean, his calling card was defense, and the Timberwolves are a bad defensive team. And yes, they made the playoffs first time in a long time for sure, but they went out in the first round. And after he left, I mean, the franchise wasn't in a better place, I don't think. Um, if Tibbs can change... And if he could be not so stubborn and so rigid in his ways, then I think he may have... He says he has, by the way. Well, that's great. He can yeah. say it, but we'll, we'll yeah. see. Um, now he's got a young team there again that, you know, again, he's, we know he's going to be a guy who, gets his, who likes his players to play at heavy minutes and he likes them to play defense. But again, it didn't really work in Minnesota. So how he's going to be able to change and improve that is going to be the key. But if he does then perhaps he can have some success. I mean, the Knicks just don't have enough talent right now to contend anyway, so it's going to be more of an approach of just like trying to get them to learn the game and how to become a consistent professional team. So if he can have that impact, then maybe. But I just think long-term, Tibbs has got a shelf life. And after two or three seasons... His sort of ways of of, really riding his players and pushing them hard in practice just doesn't uh, connect with younger players today. So... We'll see if he gets the job. Um, you know, again, he had success as an assistant in Boston, and, and he did have some success there, of course, with the Bulls. But I, I just sort of feel a guy at his, this, his stage of his career can't change. I, I just don't think he can. I think he's sort of got his, his way of coaching, and that's the way he likes to do it. But he may also see the writing on the wall that is like this is his last chance, so he has to change and adapt. So good luck if he gets the job, but I'll, uh, I'll sit on the bench and say I don't think it's going to work out. Okay, well, this is funny. You're only down on this because you want to be the Knicks head coach. Right? <laughs> I want to play. We talked about it on Eddie. Oh, yeah, well, you'll be a player coach for sure. Um, Kenny Atkinson apparently still in the mix, and Mike Miller, no, not that one. Uh, the other one still in the mix as well. But uh, I'm with you. I- I'm up on ultimately Tibbs getting this job. I-, I-, I believe these reports, and it's sort of felt like it's been like this for a long time when Leon Rose obviously took over and he's got a relationship with Tibbs. I think he's going to be the guy there. Um, and, and by God, will it be fun to watch how that'll play out. You know, eyes, eyes. Can't wait to hear that again. All right, next one. This one's inspired um, by our good friend Amir Blumenfeld. I don't know if you guys have seen it uh, on Twitter over the last couple of weeks. He shares uh, some some sweet Nintendo Switch videos of him playing Mario Kart. He's a big ton- Donkey Kong guy. He takes all these shortcuts. Anyway, it's been a blast to watch. But I'm just curious. Are you up or down on the Nintendo Switch? 
Oh, I'm up on the Nintendo Switch. I've played it for five minutes about six months ago, and I haven't stopped thinking about it since. <laughs> Especially considering once uh, people started going into quarantine, you saw Animal Crossing popping up like crazy. I'm sitting here raising two actual children, and I'm like, I got to build an island. I got to get some turnips. <laughs> I don't exactly know what's going on with Animal Crossing, but it looks exciting. And, you know, now that we have heard that at the very least the NBA's projected start date is still two months away, I don't feel like it's a bad investment to get a Nintendo Switch now because I still got two months to figure out what I'm doing before the season comes back. Oh, okay. So so you you might buy one of these things. Well, if I can. I mean, apparently they pop up for sale and then they're gone within 6 to 12 minutes every single oh, time. Really? Oh, it's like, like a kiddie pool. You can't get your hands on one. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Uh, JD, do you, do you have a Nintendo Switch? Yes, of course I have a right. Switch. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, I'm way up on the Switch. Uh, Zelda Breath of the Wind is worth buying the the game, the console alone. Wow. Yeah. You're saying that's the number one, that's the one you should start off with? Well, that's, yeah, for me, it's, uh, I mean, I got sort of bogged down, you know, it's one of those, one, it's open world sort of, and you got to cook stuff and all that, <laughs> but uh, you can get bogged down in that, but the actual gameplay is amazing. I, it's one of the best video games I've ever played. But then my wife discovered that they released Tetris on it, and none of us in the house could get our hands on the n- Nintendo <laughs> because she was just playing Tetris nonstop. And Mario Kart's, it's like the classic Mario Kart's, yeah. and it is awesome like what a fun way to to spend time with the family just yelling at each other and and trash talking and and it's just great and i i always i'm always wario i love the family friendly nature of the switch and it's it's also so such a throwback that when you're talking about the best games on literally any nintendo system you're like zelda's gonna be awesome yeah mario kart's gonna be awesome (laughs) and they'll have a super mario that you're gonna love to play as well so you know maybe you haven't played video games for 30 years you're like oh yeah i remember these still got it But, but how many nintendo switches do you have then jd just the one but we we have the one, and then you can get it. It hooks up to the TV, and it comes with two remotes. But you can get two. We 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 bought two more remotes. Oh, so, so you are you are all racing each other at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and it, they're all. But the the only thing, the only negative, I would say, is that the the uh, the remotes are tiny. They they're like, <laughs> I would say a quarter of the size of the original. So right. like to get your thumbs on it and stuff. Uh, you get used to it, but uh, but yeah, I'm all in on Nintendo Switch. Yeah, I've got an eight-year-old who keeps pestering me to get one, and I am. The truth is, I'm worried that I will actually take over it <laughs> if I get it. So, um, so I'm like, just just play with your iPad for now, man, because I, I just don't want to then be into this Mario Kart. But now you now what you're telling me, JD, I'm like, you know what? If we can all play it, yeah, then maybe I'm back in. Maybe I'm back in. I'm going to be on Amazon this afternoon to see because they're not cheap, are they? They're like four or five hundred bucks. I are think, they? What? I, no, I think so. No. Oh, I think you're that. getting a bundle in that scenario. Yeah, you're, you're getting, getting the game, games. you're getting some controllers, okay. you're getting the okay. full setup. All right, all right, yeah. I oh, thought well. they were like 150 bucks. No, uh, I think they're three. I think they're three. Okay. There's, the, there's the light version, which doesn't hook up to the TV. That's about a two spot, I think. And then okay. the, uh, the original, the full daddy that you need, <laughs> um, you got it. You, I think it's around 300 bucks. Because yeah, I, I, uh, right. I tried both, right actually. I was in a Target <laughs> months ago. And uh, I think it was it was around the holidays, and I thought, whoa, holiday spirit feels like I'm a child again. Let's rock it! <laughs> and I think uh, I played some tennis 
Luigi and I were playing some tennis and uh, felt good. I mean, the controller's definitely weird that it's it's tiny. And then uh, I, I was I almost pulled the trigger, but I didn't do it. I just I do it annually. I think about playing a video game system, and then I texted with Amir actually when he got his because uh, he just got right. his recently. Yeah, not and, too long ago. Yeah, he ordered it online, and uh, he loves it. He loves oh, it. Oh yeah. Yeah, I actually I love watching his videos. I just love watching people play Mario Kart. That's uh, so I'm up on this big time. But uh, I didn't know they were that expensive. In my head, I guess I was just thinking of it. I forget that you can do the whole hooking it up to your TV. I'm thinking it more as like a Game Boy, right? Like yeah, where it's just in my hands, which I actually like. Which is well, I think that's the light one, right, Tassie? Well, you, the the light one is just a uh, handheld. Okay, but but the regular version does both. Yeah, yeah, and the yeah. dock is super seamless. Like you literally just take it, you pop it onto the dock, and then it appears on your TV. It's oh, it's pretty cool. cool. Okay, all right. Mm. Well, it sounds like okay. most of us are up. Why don't we all get Nintendo Switches, and I'm sure we could just play each other online. <laughs> oh, Switch Twitchers sounds good. Yeah, but, all right. Uh, hold all on, right. JD. Just quick question about Zelda. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because I love the original Zelda. Probably my second favorite video game of all time. But that's a solo game. It is a solo, yeah. yeah. And this continues to be a solo. But you're not. It does. You're not cooking yeah. food with your wife and kids. No, it's a it's a very much a solitary endeavor, okay. which and, is also sometimes nice. Right? Yeah. True. And JD, have did you get into the Animal Crossing? No. You know, fat here. No. no. So do you even know what? Does anybody know really what it is? Because we've obviously no. heard of it. But does anyone explain what you do in the game? I think you build yourself an island, and people come visit you. Huh. That's it. So it's like Sims, basically. It, that's mm-hmm. the vibe that I got. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. That it's it's. I'm too old for that one. I feel like, but then again, I might just get into it. Well, uh, I, I think I think it's one of those games that if any of us picked up Animal Crossing, I, I have a feeling it just like it just hooks you. You know. They're so good at designing these games that it's it's like a slot machine. You know, like it's just it yep. just feels good to play them to pull that handle <laughs> and to just you know. <laughs> create that whatever and then it's just it just gets into your brain and it's addictive so yeah i think i'm 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 on the site now i think i'm about to pull the trigger on this (laughs) oh boy oh boy oh boy i love it i love it the only game uh i'm playing right now is uh and i mentioned it a couple of weeks ago wgt world golf tour it's an Mm -hmm. online game and i fire it up with uh my buddy grish my buddy dub turbo and we just uh, put a little money on uh, put a little money on the back nine every once in a while. Okay, yeah, you guys want to play nine? Let's do it. And then the other night got really crazy. Grish and I started playing a skins game, putting five bucks on each hole. Stakes were super high, but we make fun of Grish all the time now because it's one of these classic like like most online games. Like you, if you want to get like the really good gear, you got to put real money into the game, right? You got to to get these you know coins or whatever and we're like no one's doing that we're like whatever we'll build our own way up by getting a better club or stuff like that by playing in tournaments and blah 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 of course grish after losing a couple games one night was he show up shows up to the links the next day with like the greatest equipment you've ever seen he out drives us by like 30 yards off the tee because he spent like 50 bucks one night we're like, oh, what are you doing? You're going to ruin it. And we still beat him. Doesn't matter. Oh. He's got no short game, guys. Hits the long ball. He's got no chip game. Horrible with the putter. Um, but anyway, highly recommend everybody checking out WGT. It's a World Golf Tour. It's free. It's mm-hmm. online. I can't believe this game's free. It's so much fun. All right. 
Lots more up-down topics to throw some thumbs on, but first, a quick word from our sponsors. During quarantine, it's been cool to rock the grungy look. You know what I mean. Not getting our hair cut, letting our beards grow out, and just generally becoming a bit scruffier than usual. And you know what? That's fine. Above the belt. But what about below? Because that's a different story. You still want to be presenting that part of your body in the most clean-cut way for your partner. And Manscaped is here to make sure of it. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their perfect package 3.0. It's precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. This third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Shaving is about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. And once you've given yourself a bit of a trim, you can try the Manscaped Crop Preserver, which is an anti-chafing deodorant and moisturizer to finish the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code THEATHLETIC. If you were to guess, on average, how many days people in the United States have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? A week, maybe? Actually, on average, people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. That's basically a month. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. If the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments, so you can cancel anytime. If you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com slash NoDunks for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash NoDunks for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Our next one. Last week, the New York Daily News reported that the Brooklyn Nets have had internal discussions about pursuing Bradley Beal, hoping to pair him with KD and Kyrie. Beal, who signed a two-year, $72 million extension in October, well, he was flattered. Quote, it's not the first time I've heard this kind of talk, Beal told ESPN. It's interesting. To me, I look at it as a sign of respect that I've been doing good things and guys want to play with me. Are you up or down on the Bradley Beal trade rumors? Tass, what do you think? Well, I'm up, not specifically on this rumor, but that Bradley Beal isn't necessarily a Washington wizard for life. Just... When he signed that quote-unquote extension at the beginning of this year, it was 1920, back when we started playing a basketball season, way back when, feels like forever ago, it was a one-year guaranteed plus one player option. And that's it. It was a two-year extension, but really it's a one-year extension. And so he couldn't be traded this coming season. And he wants, I, I do believe, to play with John Wall again uh, when mm-hmm. he comes back next year. John Wall not coming back for this little playoff run here if they do get to to go to Orlando and play and I think he's gonna like that trying to be the number one guy but as he told Jackie McMullen quote that's an unbelievable feeling when you hear that Kyrie and KD want you that's amazing and so uh, I, I just I don't think he's gonna say to the city of Washington 
I'm doing this until I'm 38. I think he is going to give it a shot in Washington, um, but he can be traded next season. And after the John Wall situation either fails or, or doesn't go, uh, you know, to plan, you know, them being in, in a playoff run, I think he could leave Washington. But uh, I, I have no idea about this Nets rumor. I wasn't in the mood to go trade machining for uh, for Bradley Beal at this time. But I, I don't think he's necessarily a, a wizard for life. Yeah, I I 100% agree and read it the exact same way, Tass, where he said he definitely wants to give it a shot with John Wall and he see how their games fit next to each other now that Beal has become an all-star and has really elevated his game as a lead guy. But also he is so flattered that other superstars are interested in playing with him. It just doesn't seem like a guy who's going to finish out his career in Washington Um, But also amazing that Bradley Beal, during a season when he cannot be traded, during a shutdown that has now lasted for nearly three months, still in trade rumors. This guy's going to be in trade rumors for the entirety of his career, it feels like, or at least until he's gone from Washington. The only question really at this point, I would say, is is he going to be gone before John Wall is? I I suppose it's likely because of the length of his deal and, uh, you know, to their, their injury histories, which is kind of strange to think about considering Bradley Beal was hurt a lot at the beginning of his career and people were wondering if he was going to be able to uh you know get his health right and be able to stay on the court he has been able to and it's kind of flipped to being John Wall who has been absent now with that monster deal so you know the the two of them have had a lot of promise it will be exciting to finally see them play together uh to see what Wall has become um after a couple of different major surgeries, and now that Beal has become a lead guy, how are they going to fit together? They deserve a chance to at least give it a shot. Um, so we'll see how long it lasts, but it definitely feels like Bradley Beal is going to be traded at some point in his Wizards tenure because we can't stop talking about maybe Bradley Beal being traded. Right, so Bradley Beal's going to become uh, our era's Ray Allen to some extent. Sure, there right? you go. <laughs> like, you know, a star player, an incredible player, and then, wow, of course a team like the Brooklyn Nets or a how many other teams would want a guy like that to add as a second or third piece um, as in that sort of Ray Allen role I know that was a little bit later in his career but uh, yeah I'm with you guys Uh, uh, I do think he's going to wait around of course to play with John Wall I mean he's on the record saying that too and I believe him I really do but uh, probably not there for the for the long haul Lee yeah, I mean, uh, you guys know I'm a big fan of uh, his, but of course it's not really gone quite the way they wanted it in, in uh, Washington. When these two came together, they had a lot of promise, but for whatever reason, it hasn't really worked out. And if you're Bradley Beal this season, you know, he took on a huge role, almost like a James Harden type role there in Washington with the with the numbers he was putting up, but they were nowhere near the playoffs. So, you know, I think he wants to sacrifice a little bit of his own offensive game to get into a position where he's actually competing for a championship because the Wizards have made the playoffs a couple of times but never really threatened or been a serious challenger for the uh, for the championship. So he's been there for a long time. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't see him playing out his career in Washington, I think. And if you're the Wizards, you can cash in on him probably more so than you can John Wall right now mm-hmm. for a couple of reasons. Oh, you know, Wall's, sure. you know, Wall's obviously his injuries and his monster contract, whereas Bradley Beal is going to be in demand. I mean, we know the Lakers were reportedly interested in him as well. So um, there is going to be more more interest in Beal. So if you're the Wizards, you can probably look at this as a little bit of a turning point where it's like, well, cash in on that player while you can and hopefully get some quality assets in return and, and sort of start that rebuild process again. It would be a great story if they could somehow come back and jump up to the Eastern Conference Finals or, or something like that. But they have mm-hmm. had plenty of shots together. They've been together for a long time. They 
got to the second round three times. There was that game seven against the Boston Celtics in 2017 where it sure looked like they were going to topple the Celtics uh, and, and the Celtics beat them. And sometimes you, that's, that's just as high as they're going to climb. And for a guy, I question this too. Why is he picking up the phone and talking to anybody right now? I mean, why is he giving a quote? Mm. Like, this is a, isn't that strange? Like, yeah, boredom. <laughs> like, yeah, hey, Jackie whoa. McMullen's that, calling me. Yeah, might as well talk to her. Yeah, I mean, it's the respect for Jackie McMullen. Sure, yeah. I, I get that. Um, yeah, I'll talk to Jackie. Just kind of yeah. weird. <laughs> no, I hear you. I, look, we talked about this with the Wizards before, and like, are the similarities to the Raptors of old there, right? With the Lowry DeRozan pairing, and it's like, hey, good team, great team, but not ever really going to challenge for a title, and you might need to blow it up and and move in a different direction. To, to go to another level. Now, the Raps sure as hell lucked out, I would say, into the Kawhi Leonard situation and a hell of a move by Masai Ujiri and blowing it up, so to speak, and, and trading a fan favorite in DeRozan for Kawhi to get the title, who then ultimately leaves. I mean, a hell of a call, but uh, will the Wizards have that opportunity? And that's the thing. Like, when do you make that move? If we're all basically saying the same thing here of like, yeah, they've had their chances. They were good. No one ever really thought they were a title contender. That's fine. So maybe and now you, you look to move one of them, and which one is it? Um, what, like, when? Now, when do you do it? <laughs> uh, or do you give them a chance after the John Wall injury, drastic injury, to come back and, and put them back together and maybe in, in you know, them maturing as, as men and basketball players that it works better and they've got a little, and you got some pieces, uh, some young pieces around that can, uh, can help them get to another level. I don't know. I think that's what they're going to do. They're going to give it a go. And then my gut says, eh, all right, well, now we're looking to move one or, or both of these guys if possible. But not easy, easy contracts to move in either case. Our next one, according to Brian Windhorse, Jason Tatum will likely receive a max contract offer from the Boston Celtics after this season. Quote, if Tatum is a superstar that they envisioned when they began this whole rebuilding process, when they traded Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce for all those draft picks, hoping to land a player like this, we could see glory days for the Celtics again. But it's very much up in the air, and I'm going to tell y'all, they're going to have to pay him like it because after this season ends, he is going to get most likely a max contract. They're going to bet that he becomes that player. Are you up or down what Windhorse is saying here that Tatum is very likely to receive a max contract? Uh, I'm up, and I can't believe if you're the Celtics, you would hesitate for a second. Uh, I think Jason Tatum was having a fantastic season, became an all-star, but really just showed his development as a, as an offensive player. Um, I thought his, his shot selection improved incredibly this season. Um, he took on that role for Boston of being the sort of guy to be the closer to a couple of times and uh, and really just improved statistically and more so in the eye test. And I think he this is a no-brainer whatsoever. Now, they've got Kemba on big money. Jalen Brown's probably going to get a big contract as well. So there's going to be a little Jaylen bit Brown of an issue. Re- he, he did. He? Oh, four sorry, year, he did. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Million, yeah. That's right. So um, they're going to have a little bit of a cap crunch at some point. But when it comes to a player like Jason Tatum, you sign him, you keep him, and then figure out the rest afterwards because I think he is the best player on the Celtics team right now. And uh, he showed it this season. Yeah, I'm down just because it says likely. They should give this guy a max contract the very first second that they have a chance to do it, and I'm sure that's what's going to actually happen because yeah. he was an all-star this year, and, and he was good pre-all-star. Uh, you know, 22 points a game, seven rebounds, three assists. That's good. That's all-star numbers, but he was even better afterwards. He was a top-10 player in the league for, you know, basically a month and a half, 30 points a game, eight rebounds, three assists, a go-to guy who was giving an effort defensively, 
And, you know, him and Jalen Brown are just such a nice mix of wings to have, versatile wings who can play multiple positions, who can play on the ball and off the ball, and are both, at the very least, not zero defenders, right? Not negative defenders. They're guys who can give it to you on both ends of the court. So if you're able to lock both of them up at, you know, 22 years old and then have them throughout the primes of their career, that is the basis of having a championship team. Nothing to add. I don't know why the heck you wouldn't sign him to a max extent. This is Jason Tatum, and he is fulfilling a lot of that promise already. It's uh, it's definitely a no-brainer. It's like you look at him and you think the way he physically he got bigger, the way he he played uh, this season. Do you think that he's going to regress in any way? It's it's hard to see him doing anything but growing. Jason Tatum is, is living that living to that potential and uh yeah he's already worth max money now um and he's only going to get better how many max guys from the 2017 draft will we get then because i agree with you guys tatum will be one donovan mitchell probably bam right out of bio i would think De'Aaron fox yeah and then it's like does john collins get the max we've debated that before Alonzo Ball, unlikely, mm, I think, nah, is a max yeah. player at this point. Yeah, so maybe, so it looks like four, maybe five, if John Collins, uh, you know, you could debate whether you think he's max worthy, but, you know, the market would decide that. So, yeah, probably, probably five in the end, I guess. Next one, after nearly two decades of effort, Elon Musk's aerospace company SpaceX successfully launched its first two people into orbit over the weekend, the two astronauts. Bob and Doug (laughs) rode into space inside SpaceX's new automated spacecraft called the Crew Dragon. Uh, About 19, 20 hours after launch, the capsule caught up with the International Space Station and glided in for a problem-free docking. Um, I don't know how many of you guys watched this, but Lee, we're going to start with you. Are you up or down on this SpaceX mission? Oh, massively up. This was fun. I watched this on Saturday. It was so cool to see it happen, uh, especially with kids, because spaceships and rocket ships and things like that are huge in our family. So to see one actually live happen was incredible. The boys loved it, and it was so smooth. Everything just seemed to go so perfectly, and it you know, rose up into the air, and then you saw that, like, the, um, you know, the booster jet or whatever it was sort of detach and yep. land perfectly on the boat. It was like, oh, my God, everything is just going so well here. Um, and it's then like when they, they practiced it, I know, I know. And then, uh, and then when they got to the space station yesterday, uh, again, that transition was just all so beautiful and smooth. It was great, and uh, it was just, it was really good to see. Like it was a cool rocket too, because I kept thinking of like you know the space shuttle that we saw when we were kids growing up, and this was way cooler than that. Like uh, <laughs> this thing was just cruising along. So yeah, I, I thought it was really fun and um, more interesting than I thought it was going to be too. When I you know knew it was happening, because I think they were supposed to launch the other day, but the weather. Um, stopped it and then even on the morning of Saturday apparently the weather forecast wasn't great but uh, when they get to that 15 minute below uh, timeline that's apparently when you know they're going they're going to go ahead there's no pull out so uh, yeah I thought it was cool and just seeing those astronauts I'm always wondering like you know when you go on an aeroplane ride, no matter where you're going, no matter what time of the day, it's hard to not fall asleep in that first sort of, you know, elevation, isn't it? 
it's hard. It's very hard. You know, you just you just sort of fall asleep. So I wonder if any of the pilots were just sort of like, oh my god, you know. <laughs> that, you, that's, that, it, you know, it was like I think it was uh, what time? I think it was three o'clock in the afternoon uh, yeah. when, when they lifted. Up. I'm like, oh my classic oh. nap time. Yeah, I would have been just a nightmare on that. They would have been saying, how are things going up there? And you would have just heard. <laughs> <laughs> and then you would have woke up and like, oh, oh, I forgot to get the USA Today crossword. <laughs> Doug, we gotta go back. Uh, no, did you see all those computer screens though? You would have been able to get a digital version of it without <laughs> right. any problems. That's so, not the yeah. same though. It's no, same. it's not the same. It's not you the same. You think Bob right. looked at Dougie and he's like, we'll start the crossword, but not until liftoff. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> I was hoping you just sort of like pulled it out from the side, you know, like, hey, Dougie, look what I got here. Oh, all right, you start it off, then let me know when you're done. <laughs> Anybody else watch this? Uh, I watched oh, yeah. it. It was a welcome reprieve uh, for everything yeah. else that was happening over the weekend. And uh, yeah, I mean, Lee might not be wrong because those guys didn't have to do anything. They literally all they <laughs> the only control they had was was bailing out. Right. Like was just pulling the emergency escape thing. So it was all self-driven and it was just like a ride up to space. And it was awesome. And I'm way up on this because it's one step closer to me going to space. It's, it's a, the first True. private company going to space. It's, it's, it's making space travel much more affordable. It cost a billion dollars to fly the shuttle every time. I did not know that. I learned that over the weekend. So this is a fraction of the cost. It's reusable rocket. It was very cool to see that thing land on the boat afterwards. And uh, I was a little on the fence about going to space because it's scary quite honestly, but uh, I heard Chris Hadfield talking about how great it is to sleep in zero gravity, so now I'm all in. Uh, I'm all in on that because I haven't had a good night's sleep since my kids were born. That was almost 14 years ago, and I just to be floating in space sleeping uh, can you imagine yeah maybe that's the difference when you're on an airplane you fall asleep during the liftoff then when you're flying you wake up and do a crossword when you're on the space shuttle you're awake during the launch because it's very loud and you're rumbling and there's g-forces but then as soon as you hit that zero gravity yeah and you're out yeah, Speaking of snoring, my one criticism of the SpaceX mission, boring spacesuits. You got oh, yeah. better spacesuits yeah. than that. Yeah, big time. Come on, we've seen well, what, I mean, the, in what, the, in what the... sense, though? I, I thought they looked pretty slick, to be honest. I mean, there's not much you can do with the spacesuit, you know? It's got to be, like, tailor-made and, uh, you know, custom-fit and all that. I mean, what, what, do, you, what do you want to add to that? I, I, I mean, I want it to be orange. That's the NASA spacesuit. <laughs> but uh, I, I understand they can't necessarily take that, but they're just... Just a little too plain. Also, for me. I mean, you know, seem like I've be... seen Elon Musk's Cybertruck or whatever he calls that. That thing looked extreme. I want to see some extreme mm. uh, spacesuits, especially from a private company. Yeah, if, mm. it, if this was a movie, I would be like, um, fire the costume designer because they look ridiculous. They 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 look like they're two piece. And what's with the black Wellington boots? I mean, <laughs> is it going to be? Are they going to run into some water up there? I mean, uh, I didn't like. Well. It. Wellington boots are so durable, though, so you just never know uh, what hey. you're going to run into. You know they're not going to let you down. I love me some wellies, but <laughs> I think they should match. I, I, I'm with uh, Trey. They should be they should be orange, and I think that they should be a jumper, like a one-piece. Mm, mm, I don't know. I don't know. I, I was just maybe caught up in the moment. I just thought it all looked pretty cool there. <laughs> And I thought, yeah, I mean, if you're you're pretty cool if you can just rock that suit round, you know, to someone's Halloween party next year. Like, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna be the hit of the party for sure. <laughs> I like uh, the production of the the whole thing. I thought was 
pretty amazing. Um, I, I did watch a lot. I think it was Thursday, right? The first attempt at launch. Well, yeah, uh, right. That was delayed uh, due to the weather. I watched a ton of that um, leading up to it. And man, do they uh, strap those poor guys in there way too early, yeah, man. Yeah. Like, I, I kept thinking of Tass watching it because I like how Tass just arrives right before a flight. Uh, you know, <laughs> unlike some of us, get there hours upon hours too early and maybe are into your seat too early. Those guys just sitting there for hours. Yeah. Just, I mean, really should have a crossword out and do something. Um, but uh, the, yeah, the overall production, again, I thought was pretty amazing. Like, you're, I was learning tons, like you said, JD, and it's like they're like, you know, bringing a bunch of different voices in. It was like a hell of a production, especially for one that was ultimately canceled. Right. You're like, oh, damn, that's. Sucks, I but, will say uh, that during the launch on on Saturday, the one criticism of the production I would have is that w- during the entire launch, I watched it on the CBS uh, app, and there was a, it was in a two box, and in the other box was fucking Trump and Pence standing there, were uh, w- oh. watching the launch, and it was just like I don't need to, no matter who it is, I don't need need to see anybody in there, but especially not those guys. God, mm-hmm. fair, fair. I didn't. I didn't see most of the weekend, so I was uh, I had a busy weekend going on here, so I'd forgotten about that. I, actually, I was actually upset. I think Trey, you uh, you wrote the 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 uh, WhatsApp group chat or whatever. I was like, oh, gee, that was awesome. I was like, God damn it! I totally. <laughs> or I think you said like two minutes to launch, and I was like out, and I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna miss it. But I do. You. Can, what's really cool is you can go to YouTube, like NASA's and SpaceX's like YouTube pages, and like watch all this stuff. And they have like live cameras on like the ISS and stuff. Like it is, it's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not even the biggest like you know space geek, but uh, I even I I really truly find it fascinating. Tass, did you catch any of it? No, not at all. I didn't see a, a second of it. Uh, I saw the uh, the rocket explode on saturday morning i think it was um spacex's rocket explode mm-hmm. and so that kind of put me off and i just wasn't thinking about it whatsoever until i did see it in the whatsapp group and then i thought yeah i'll catch the highlights <laughs> oh man <laughs> it's uh one of the highlights is when they actually dock the iss and see the other three guys and they have some great awkward hugs oh yeah the, flo- I mean, the floaty like, hugs and yeah, the, flo- yeah. the floaty yeah. hugs it's like what do you do it's like we yeah. gotta just straight up embrace we gotta hold on to each other here but then the <laughs> other guy tried to just do the handshake hug and pull it in i don't know i got a gig- uh, uh, a big kick out of them trying to hug in space yeah um so go check that highlight out. I All like right. the idea of a uh, highlight tape going around on Twitter. Bob and Doug were a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Final one here. Well, keep it light. Very fluffy. Up or down on lemon cake. Majorly <laughs> up. I would even posit perhaps that the lemon cake is the cake of the summer. Uh, you know? <laughs> It's just so light. It's so tangy. Usually you get a, a like a light-colored icing that's got a little bit of that lemon flavor in it as well. It's not as heavy as a chocolate cake. It's not as uh, plain, I suppose, as a vanilla cake. But, yeah, for me, if you show up somewhere and they have a lemon cake and it's 80 degrees outside, that's living. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had one for my birthday last week. Roxana made it for us, and it was mm-hmm. fantastic. Um the only real problem was uh, trying to get my extra pieces out of it, being the birthday boy. I had to share it with my two kids and my wife, so uh, wasn't thrilled with that part of it. But overall, it is. It's a very refreshing cake, you know. It just feels like a summer cake, so uh, big ups from it from me. And, and you actually don't, what I like about a lemon cake, I'm up to, you don't need a lot of it to feel satisfied 
because the those uh, because those bites pack a punch. They got that tang. You're right. So uh, I like that. You just give me a small sliver. I'm good. But chocolate cake, I want a big old thing. You know, this perfect tiny little sliver. I'm good. I, I'm I'm pleasantly full. Tass, I love all cakes. <laughs> I, I would I would try a, a disgusting brick of a cake. That being said, you guys you guys are throwing parameters on a cake. You're saying it has to be a summer cake. It's it's not one of the elite cakes. It's not even close. It's uh, towards the bottom. It tastes like a lemon. Uh, who wants to have a lemon cake? Me, uh, I do. Yeah, well, that's, life hands you lemons, make lemon ma- cake. Make Tess. a lemon cake. No, so thank di- you. So you're down on it, Tess? Yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah. I, I, of course, I'd eat it if there's a cake option. Yeah. A, a cake only option. If it's just lemon, I'm gonna eat it and I'm gonna enjoy it. But right. there are other. Every ever every other cake I think is a better cake than a lemon cake. <laughs> Honestly, I, I mean, it, it, yeah, it could be light and fluffy. It could also be a pounder. It could be a heavy <laughs> pound cake. Uh, it, that's lemon flavored. It point. could have poppy seeds stuck up, uh, stuck in all your teeth. Uh, no, thank you. But uh, you know, it, it's all. I'm sure Lee said it was light and refreshing. I'm sure it was. You know, it's all in how it's made. But I'm not. I'm not a, a lemony flavored type person. Mm. And, oh man! Uh, when it's and December me. December twentieth, you want a lemon cake? Nah, right? It's, you, you need <laughs> it May, and June, and July is the only time to eat it. Yeah, it's summer. It's great. It's like uh, the pims and lemonade. But when you can um, in the air, the aromas in the air when the lemon cake is cooking. I'm telling you, it, it, it's even better than a chocolate cake because it's just it's beautiful. It's, it's so sweet, and you just know what's coming, and it's great. And then the homemade uh, icing on top of it is ah. Oh, Fantastic. Fantastic. What did you get for your birthday, Lee, besides the cake? Anything? I got a pillow. That was one thing. Ooh. And and I got a, a, a pillow that's supposed... JD, you might be interested in this because apparently it's uh, it prevents any sort of sweating. Like a really breathable one. It helps you sleep. Uh, and uh, Yeah, it, it, it has been good. You a mop on your head right now. You need anything. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I know. And uh, I got a pair of flip-flops too. It's my third pair of the summer I've been wearing them out nonstop. So, um, yeah, these ones are a bit more... Uh, Bit bit more reinforced though than the other ones I've been having, so these ones should last the rest you've of the worn, summer. You've worn out two pairs of flip flops already. Yeah, already. I know. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. That's all long I wear. Walks to get those street ribs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I walk every day for a you know hour hour and a half. So you know. And your flip flops? I can't believe yeah. you walk in flip flops. Yeah, yeah, that's so what? strange to me. Because so not, they're not comfortable. They're not really nah, good they are. for. They are. I like. I, mean, I they're, like. They're, yeah, they're comfortable, but in a beach setting or when you're not moving setting. Uh, not, you don't want to walk in flip-flops all that Come, much. Come, come home for a walk. I'll take you out for a walk. You'll have fun. We'll get some ribs. <laughs> I'll give you one of my finest pairs of flip-flops, and I'll take you right around the neighborhood. I don't think anyone's objecting to the walking part. It's yeah. the walking in flip-flops. Uh, I'm just used to it, man. I just, you know, yeah. I, I, I hate You that, must have, like, a know. crazy callus between your uh, big toe and your second toe. No, not really. Uh, I've got one of those... Um, those foot like um, shavers, you know, you know, one of those <laughs> like ones. A gets, yeah, like a pet egg. Yeah, it gets file. rid of the dry skin. Yeah, but it's like it's electric. It's like an electric razor, but it's for your feet. I put that on and put the moisturizer on at night, so that keeps them nice. But uh, I find right now <laughs> in Atlanta. I'm sorry. Did you you just said you shave your feet? Well, you 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 know you grind them. You grind the dead skin He's away. Filing his feet. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. uses his manscape lawnmower 3.0 <laughs> to shave the bottom of his feet. Uh, but it's great. It feels great when you you know like the feet feel great. But I find that it's very humid already here in Atlanta. I hate wearing socks and shoes when it's like that. Mm. I just find my feet get sweaty and heavy and yucky. Oh so. yeah, but don't don't your feet also get sweaty in a flip flop? Well, like, they do, but they're. Still- 
Yeah, yeah but they're breathing more. They're just breathing, and um, <laughs> you know, just, it's just uh, you know, I just don't like. I, I much prefer wearing flip flops if I could every day. You know. <laughs> They're a summer shoe, I tell you. <laughs> There's a lemon cake of shoes. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's call it there. Uh, we're getting silly, guys. Uh, we are working on a new squad episode for this week, so hopefully you'll see that soon. We're going to hit the beach on Wednesday. We'll make sure to have our flip-flops on for that one <laughs> to answer your questions and comments. Get them in right now. No dunks at theathletic.com or tweet them in. Hashtag no dunks at no dunks inc. We still got to decide on the movie, the basketball movie. We're going to watch for uh, this week's film session. If anyone wants to uh, make their case on Twitter, again, at No Dunks Inc., let us know. I saw, um, what's the one with, what is it? Uh, Ernest goes to, uh, Slam Dunk Ernest or something like that? Slam Dunk Ernest. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, People are suggesting that one. I'm sure we can do better than that. So uh, get your suggestions in for film session. And obviously we will have a podcast later this week. Uh, reacting to the Board of Governors call and you know hopefully we do see some clarification on the format and maybe the start date and all that so we'll talk about that when we know about that later this week I think that's scheduled for Thursday correct so we'll either have one uh, later on that Thursday or just a Friday morning all right thanks for joining us so much today guys stay safe Clipper bros you heard it here first have a great time turn up love you guys awesome thanks for joining us and remember a good lemon cake doesn't really taste like lemons. Brace the day, people. You could stay.